I'm so thankful nobody saw me dancing because I was dancing throughout that whole I, know, I was dancing when I was like trying to take photos and I'm like, oh, be cool about this. Yeah. So hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of Let's Scream. Yeah, first Yay. episode. Amazing. So I'm Mode Michaud. Um Chapel. I didn't know how we were supposed to do that. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess it's a first show. We should introduce yeah, ourselves, right? We'll figure it out. Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is going to be our monthly little event. Um, I like to think of this show as like this slumber party, like, you know, that, you know, you all wish you, we could attend, like, you know, when we were teenagers. So, you know, that's the uh, idea going in. I love it. I always wanted to have one of like, I didn't go to a lot of slumber parties as a kid, but like, I always wanted to be like the slumber party and like the craft where they would do like, um, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Funny fact, me and my high school friends, we tried this in like the gym locker room over lunchtime in my Catholic high school. <laughs> yeah. We got busted, but it's funny. Just work. Don't know how. It's all magic. But we used to do it all the time at summer camp. And we just, you know, like two fingers under each side. And everyone just all of a sudden lifts up a human. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 No, that's it. So, um, well, cheers to you tonight. Cheers to you. And thank you for joining us. So if you want, we strongly inv invite you to go get yourself a drink. So you can uh, have fun with us. Ideally, a horror team drink if you want. Uh, mm -hmm. Or you don't have to. <laughs> Whatever you know, any beer, wine, just some straight up gin. Yep, because I mean that's what slumber parties are for, right? <laughs> Who in high school didn't sneak some of their parents' alcohol during a slumber party? Right, right. I was kind of like the cool kid who's like, you know, my parents would like be okay with like me drinking sometimes, like you know, like as as long as it was reasonable. So like I would have like slumber party with my friends. Like I mean, obviously we're talking about older teens, but like you know, they come over and like I was I, honestly legit. I was the only one of my friend who was into horror movies growing up. So I literally kind of forced them all to love horror. <laughs> so I think I would invite them over and I'd be like, they'd be like, oh no, but I'm scared. But I'm like, no, but watch this. You got to watch this because I need friends to watch horror movies with, you know? Oh, that was me. I was always forcing my friends to watch like whatever horror movies I could. I'm like, just come and sleep at my place and we'll hang out in my basement and like we'll put in our pajamas and I'll get us some alcohol. My parents were not okay with me drinking. So I ended up like doing that shit thing where you would steal alcohol and then like put water into the alcohol so it would make the bottle look like you hadn't taken any. Which after a while, that bottle just becomes only water and they find out real quick. Yeah, of course. They're like, why is that so watered down? I don't recall this. Yeah, Exactly. And also, you know, we, we were towny kids, so we may have gone outside and smoked a bunch of weed. And we definitely were very young. But then I'd make them all come in and like we get all of our like massive amounts of snacks and then just sit there and I'd be like, all right, tonight we're going to watch my bloody Valentine. It's a Canadian film and it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. See, with me, it's like I, I remember like I think the first movie I ever made my friends watch was like Army of, Army of Darkness, which like comparatively is really tame thinking back on it. But like, I think I was like nine or ten. I was like, my friend's like, come on over. It's so cool. There's like fighting skeletons. And like, you know, we just like sneak into the basement. And like, I would get these uh, these VHS tapes that are like eight hours long. 
And then we just like pop in the VCR and then like, you know, there was like the ancestor of like Super Channel, like, you know, uh, back back in the days. And like they would often have for Halloween these like horror movie marathons. So like I would just like record for like eight hours straight, just all the horror movies that would play like all night. And then be like, you know, just watching like eight hours of like, you know, horror films after that was that, those were those were the days. Those were the days truly. Like, I miss walking to like the local blockbuster with my little cart and being like i'm gonna rent all these horror movies for the weekend and this is gonna be my weekend because i also yeah. didn't live in the same town i went to school and so all my friends lived outside of like i lived outside of the town that they were all in so i was like cool i'll just hang out by myself and watch all these horror movies and if someone wanted to come over and have a sleepover you totally could yeah but it just being me watching horror movies alone <laughs> See, it's like, it's funny because I hear this and I'm like, I wish I'd known you when I was a teenager. I was like, oh, where were you? Like, you know, so yeah. Why weren't we high school friends where I didn't have I to all my preppy friends out like, you know, once a month and be like, come sleep at my place and we'll watch something scary. But it'll yeah, be fun. It'll be like Scream. I'll like loosen it up for you. I know. It's funny because Scream, actually, that was one of the movies that I saw this when I was a teen. I was like, I want to be like one of those kids. You know? I know where I was like, oh, these kids are so cool that I'm like, oh, no, come on. Yeah, it's like, you know, why aren't my friends, like, into horror, too? It sucks, but yeah. I know, and also, like, being in high school and watching movies like Scream and seeing those high school kids, and I'm like, oh, why don't we look like that? I know, right? Like, <laughs> adult, like, 25-year-olds, like, playing, like, you know, 16? Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there with, like, pimples all over my face and, like, the awkward hairstyles I had back then and the weird clothes. I'm like, man, why wasn't I as cool as those 30-year-old kids playing teens in the 90s? exactly and even worse is like the fashion like you try to dress the same way as they're dressed in the movies and it never looks that way in real life you're like what the fuck is this you yeah. know also during like a period in high school i was like super gothy and punky and had like different colored hair and it was like short and long and it was all over the place and i wore the weirdest outfits and i'm pretty sure my mom still has a photo album where every day she would take a picture of what i wore and then put into a little photo album like looking back i'm like please don't ever show people that yeah. wearing like like a dress over top of like jeans and a t-shirt because it seems so rocker or like wearing a corset over top of a band shirt and I'm like oh please don't please don't show people these yeah no the 90s oh, good times yeah. good times so yeah well I guess for those who don't know us maybe we should start but we just like totally like drop them into the middle of our conversation because this party has been going on before we started recording people and this is we're... not a secret you know and this is how slumber parties go exactly right you just show up the party's already started so yeah. welcome there you go you know like grab a pillow sit on the floor with us or whatever grab the pillows yeah, grab a pillows. There you go. Pajamas next time and be all like comfy, cozy with our popcorn. Well, it's almost pajama. I mean, I'm wearing a horror t-shirt, so that's cool. Yeah. I'm wearing a horror shirt that literally like, uh, full disclosure, I worked out in this today and then didn't change. Oh. But no one's around, so it's okay. It's okay. Nobody nobody cares. Or maybe people care. Maybe people will want to buy that t-shirt off of you. Who knows, you know? Yes, do it. I like, I cut the back so it looks like there's a skull. Nice. Amazing. Yeah, got to stand out of the gym. Otherwise, what are we doing there? If you're not dressing for fashion at the gym, like. I guess I didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sidetrack, we should introduce who we are. Yes. So who are you? <laughs> oh, well, I am Ali Chapel. I'm from Toronto, Ontario. And I am an actor and recent filmmaker. 
and it's all in the horror genre and i'm super excited my short film verified is currently playing film festivals and like it's already won a couple of awards so i'm very excited congrats otherwise i'm just a big horror enthusiast awesome that was a lame intro i'm sorry i'll get better at doing intros <laughs> it's okay it's all fine mm -hmm. uh and i am mode me show i'm from montreal quebec uh, this is why I have a weird accent. <laughs> uh, I am a filmmaker, uh, mostly writer-director. Um, I've been making films since the early 2000s, uh, but mostly mostly doing horror shorts since 2009. Um, and yeah, I've done about a dozen short films, and I've also done a micro-budget feature film that I self-produced in 2012. Uh, for really little money, <laughs> like, you know, barely anything. Uh, it did pretty well, played on the fest circuit, um, won some awards. So I've been kind of like, ever since I've been kind of developing other projects and, and such, you know. Um, obviously, I'm a huge horror enthusiast, uh, even to the point where like I, and okay, I know it's going to make me sound super nerdy, but <laughs> I did do a master's degree um, devoted to horror. So uh, when I did my master's thesis, it was on women um, in horror. So oh, women horror filmmakers. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's a little fact that people don't know so much about me. But that was around the time that the first Women in Horror Month was uh, was starting. I was also starting to find my niche in the horror community. And I remember being in class and just really looking for a topic, you know, for my thesis. And, and I was talking about horror and like, you know, about how I did not agree with like, you know, all these like academic texts that were very like dogmatic about the, the evils of horror and everything. And I was like, well, I'm a woman. I love horror films. I make horror films. I don't see anything wrong with this. I think it's outdated. And then there's one of my classmates. I remember she stood up and she's like, well, you are the embodiment of everything that is wrong with women today. I was like, okay ouch wow but i'm kind of like well i'm gonna prove you wrong <laughs> you know so i got started i figured well if i'm not the i'm not the only i'm i knew i wasn't the only woman making film you know because i'd seen other women at festival so i just figured i'm gonna fight my way uh it took me a while to get the proper backing from uh, the faculty to like want to be like why do you want to write about this? And I'm like, well, there needs it needs to be written about. So yeah, yes, it needs to be written about. We need to talk about how there are so many women in horror. Exactly. And what's really fascinating is is not so much just like the experience, but also the type of 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 films that are made by women is so interesting and have such a different voice, you know, and such a such varied themes and like you know different approaches that are really really fascinating and very very much welcome at this point in time i feel like you know in a genre that otherwise is tends to get stale very fast with like you know relying on like the same similar like type of cliches horror movie has done for like decades yeah exactly which is also a little bit of what we're gonna do with this show because i mean <laughs> as much as i'm sure you like our peppy and bubbly personalities right now but uh, in the future episodes, we are going to be joined by special guests who are women working in the industry, both in front, behind the cameras, and also in other horror, like, you know, other cinema adjacent, like, you know, but horror related fields. So yes. um, hopefully, you know, yeah, we're just, just like, just like real slumber parties. We invite like, you know, our friends from like, you know, have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Slumber parties where, you know, we're going to drink, we're going to bitch, we're going to gossip a little exactly most of all we're going to talk about horror and what it means to us yeah 
So speaking of gossip, um, any kind of fun gossip, you know, you want to share or like, you know, any kind of things that got you all super excited right now? <laughs> any gossip that I want to share right now? I feel like nothing that pertains to this. No. The only gossip I have is like lame gossip. Like I saw some clips of my new feature film and it looks pretty good. Amazing. That's a biased opinion. No, but I'm sure it does. The world people might be like, oh, don't give her money. Oh, stop <laughs> it. That's awesome. So so tell me a bit more about this. You know, what is your movie about? Uh, it is um, about a girl who is detoxing off of, off of drugs and becomes isolated in a cabin up north. And it all takes place in Ontario, which is like super great. Uh, but as she becomes more sober, she begins to see a demon and doesn't know if the demon is real or if it's part of her withdrawals. So it's kind of a story of like trauma and addiction. And there's a lot of intergenerational trauma in it. And hopefully it plays well. We used a lot of local actors up north that I was really psyched about. That's amazing. Yeah. When is early 2022. I was like, what year are we in right now? I know, right? It fucked me up. I keep thinking it's 2020. It's like never ending March 2020. Straight up, never ending. <laughs> it's just like constant. I keep listening to the Bo Burnham album that he released during COVID. And like yeah. so much of it makes 2020 references that I'm like, no, no, we're still in 2020. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I know. Exactly. We never, we never made it out alive. <laughs> we never did. We're doing this all from beyond the grave. Yes, exactly. So any, any cool uh, horror news that got you really um, excited or looking forward to... Uh, you know, stuff coming up? Uh, I am, it's not like big news, but I am really excited for Nightmare Alley to finally be coming to theaters. Nice. But I love me some Del Toro and I love Nightmare Alley. Like the original film is so good and it's finally coming. And I'm like, yes. That's awesome. See, <laughs> I, I know it's like, it's gonna be probably an unpopular opinion and hopefully that's not gonna get people to, to shut it shut like you know the window down or whatever stop watching us i am very excited for rob zombies the monsters and i'm only mentioning it like i know it's a bit of old news right now but it's seriously like i loved it i i, I love the monsters i mean this this was such a cool show and i mean i personally i was really excited and i really cannot wait to see what he does with it you know i i, I think i think that's going to be an interesting approach and and yeah, and I, I know we both share a deep love of like Sherry Moon zombie, well, you know, so. And like, I know everyone kind of like shits on her because, you know, she, Rob Zombie makes a film so you know she's going to be the lead. And it's like, what's the problem? I know. She's an actor. They're mm -hmm. married. He makes films. Why wouldn't he, you know, employ his wife? And also like, why not keep the money in the family? Exactly. And like he said countless times in an interview that like he doesn't feel like a script is complete until she's read it and it's i know i think it's just it's it is a it is a beautiful partnership that they have going on and i mean i also like i'm gonna be like you know full full clarity i have a total like you know woman crush on cherry moon as well you know so i mean i might be biased but it's like i'm never gonna complain to see her in anything you know no no not at all like i i love her i'll watch rob zombie films as, as if they start her forever i'll watch them forever like that's just how it's gonna go like i feel like we're gonna talk about it eventually but we should just bring it up now like lords of salem is an amazing movie 
Yeah, it's one of our favorites. <laughs> you know, we know this. <laughs> I say how, whereas in like, yeah, well, I think at this point, we just, we had this discussion so many times. The book of it. <laughs> Again, no, but it's cool. It's like, I think it's those like unpopular opinions. Like I, I know that, I know people they're like, uh, I know it's very much, it's, it's a very, it's a much hated movie. But personally, I like the fact that Um, if I compare it to the other the other films that Rob Zombie's made, like you know, which are very blatant, um, you know, reference to like existing films or existing yeah. genres, it felt to me like Lords of Salem. Even if like, I know I know it does borrow a lot from like you know like you know sixties movies and like you know European films, like you know like the supernatural elements and everything. But it's like I, it feels to me like this film has a very like. It has a soul that's like its own and it kind of feels like this watching this movie is like peeking behind a curtain at, at like what mm -hmm. he's really interested in and like what he likes which i feel like is really interesting and it felt like it it has more of a of an original or like a unique type of a vision you know in terms of a of his work you know it does but a lot of his work i find to be very and this is obviously his point is that it's very exploitative and there's you know so much like gore and violence and blood and swearing and you know lords of salem's kind of a slow burn in comparison to like house of a thousand corpses or three from hell or 31 mm -hmm. i will admit 31 i wasn't the most keen on mm -hmm. but like i respect that dude for doing what he does he makes movies his way and like a lot can be said for that and also every good filmmaker you know references films that they like and genres that they like and things they like in the past. Like Tarantino does it in all of his films. He's always yeah. referencing like, oh. other shit. Yeah, totally. Like, why not? Like, let's see what inspires you. Yeah, like, exactly. What inspires you and like elevate it. And I feel like Rob Zombie does that. And in, like, let's be real, Lords of Salem, even though it's, you know, a downer movie is very much a love letter to Sherry being like, here's a movie that's all you, babe. Like, only yeah. you. I know. And everything i feels like the the movie really has like genuinely creepy moments like you yeah. know and it's just like artistically like visually it is it's a beautiful movie i mean i don't know i love the aesthetic the aesthetic resonates with me like everything about it there's just so much layers like every time i watch it i notice something different and i mean oh the soundtrack the soundtrack is just this whole other level it's like it just it gets under your skin like you know even like Even like hearing that song, like the the track, you know, from yeah, the record, <laughs> it just feels like it's like I feel it in my bones. Like you know, there's something about it. It's just like it's, to me, it's just like great craftsmanship, you know. And yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you you about Lords of Salem. Yes, exactly. But yeah, but speaking of inspiration, um, you know what? The, I guess we we should talk about what inspires us, or like who are our inspirations, or we we totally okay. Full disclosure: we totally had a plan for this show, and this plan has like been thrown out the window about five minutes, fifteen minutes ago, seventeen minutes. I don't know. It's been thrown the, out the window. I think by the time the counter started, or whatever. So, so I made the mistake. Like I'm drinking wine, and I made the mistake to not bring the bottle directly next to me for refills it's okay just like make it last just make yeah made my tiny little bit last yeah. see i made myself okay well so okay so one thing i want to do i want to try to do my horror cocktail of the month or whatever for our podcast and um like a total dumbass i tied i kind of forgot to refill the liquor cabinet or get proper mixers so i was kind of like oh what's there <laughs> you know But I, I did make something that's a little special cocktail for me. Um, 
I um, lovingly dub it the Edvige Fennec, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I'm probably butchering your name or whatever, because this is a drink that I um, made myself uh, every time I watch most of her movies, because um, I've been on a huge like, Jello kick for the past like three years where I just like bought a whole ton of Jello. That Jello has always been my blind spot in terms of like film history and especially the horror genre and everything. And then at some point I was like, I want to like educate myself and like watch more giallos. Like I want to see what the fuss is all about. And then like, I just like blind, blind bought about like, you know, 40, 50 movies from like Arrow Video, from like Vinegar Syndrome, from like Severin Films, like, you know, all of those like companies that reissue stuff. And I just like went on a deep dive being all like, fuck this. I'm watching everything that's giallo that I could get my hands on, you know? So, yeah. Also, I feel like, I don't know if you can still call it being on Giallo kick if it's been three years. I feel like you just like Giallos now. Like, that's, like, your thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it almost feels like, yeah, yeah, you, you tell you're right. <laughs> you know, I think, I, but the, I'm going to blame it on the, like, never-ending, like, March 2020, you know? It's been never a year, but it's really, yeah, I know. It's, it's like, you know, oh, I feel like it's just been a few months, but in fact, it's been three years. Um, yeah. Like, oh, my God, I haven't, like, I'll see someone and be like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in months. And they're like, yo, it's been two years. And I'm like. I know. Have we been exactly. inside for two years? Exactly. But it also, just coming back to Jello, it just shows how many Jellos there are. You know, it's just so like never yes. ending. It just takes up all of your time. You know, even he's got to the point where like now I'm going to watch something. I'm like, wait, have I seen that one? <laughs> like, you know, what's the story again? Wait, oh, is that? And then I'm going to start watching. I'm like, hmm, I don't think I have it. Like, oh, yeah, no, that, that's mm -hmm. the one, you know, because, yeah. They all merge together. But yeah, all that to say, uh, Edvige Fennec is, is one of my many horror icons. And I just really love her. She's one of my favorite, like, you know, actresses, you know. And and so, yeah, I just, uh, I guess it's just, it's just like bourbon and a bit of bubbly water. But there's a few droplets of cherry syrup in it, you know. So that's what makes it, like, you know, Edvige-ish okay. or whatever. I, sh I need I need to pronounce I need to learn how to pronounce her name. It's kind of ridiculous, but also like every name probably sounds butchered coming from me because of my accent. But oh well. No, it sounds like it sounds sexier because of your accent. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I, I, I like how people they're like, oh, it sounds sexy. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. It makes me feel so much better about myself. I like border between having like just how I talk now but if I'm up north for too long because I kind of grew up in the up north area like I started developing a valley accent and I don't notice it and people would be like oh you need to stop talking like that <laughs> you're like oh you guys are nuttier than a Tim Hortons maple lage and I'm like oh no <laughs> this is so so Canadian I love this yeah it gets it gets real Canadian real yeah. fast yeah, I have this thing where like sometimes some days like if if I've drank too much or whatever I start struggling and then then I fully embrace embrace the French accent and I speak with a Parisian like you know English accent and I and I just for the fun of it like you know I start talking like this even this is not my regular accent but it's like I love talking like this because it makes it a little bit more natural when I'm struggling with things. Oh, but it sounds like it's. <laughs> Like, compared to, like, my Oat in a Butt in the Boons accent, like, it sounds so good. <laughs> the more we drink, the more our, like, natural way of talking is going to come Perfect. out. Perfect. It's okay, wonderful. So we like, love it like this. A few seconds, run and grab my bottle of wine. Oh, All right. <laughs> who else cares? You can still hear me talking, and I haven't been gone for too long. No problem. I'll try to entertain them. Uh, oh, wow. Oh. That was fast. Fun little wine capper thing that's, like, a little zombie finger. 
Amazing. I love this. But now I know for next time, don't leave the bottle of alcohol in the kitchen. There you go. That's it. Or fill up a glass with bourbon and then realize you are drinking it way too fast for the amount, the quantity of bourbon that you have. And you have to do a show. (laughs) The show is just like, as most slumber parties go, we're just going to get progressively more drunk as it goes. Amazing. We're going to make some wild accusations. It's going to be fun. Wonderful. So what shall we talk about then? (laughs) Do we want to talk about what... Like how we got into horror in the first place? Yes. So, yes. How did you get into horror? Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to very pinpoint it because, I mean, I was always kind of like a creepy kid. And, and I say creepy kid. Like I always loved, like, you know, I think I remember as a child going to see my mom and asking her if the Adams family could be my family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like I've always, always been into like kind of creepy things. Um. I do recall the first horror movie I ever saw was Poltergeist 3 on TV. Oh my god, that's such a random movie to see. I know. I remember my first movie, but like Poltergeist 3 is such a random film to watch. I know, it's super random and I've been wanting to rewatch it since because all I remember, and that's coming from a kid's brain. I, I, I was like an avid movie watcher because as a kid, my grandma would babysit me and my grandma's a huge movie fan. You know, she, she used yeah. to like watch like old Hollywood films. So like she, like, you know educated my knowledge of cinema and like it helped educate my knowledge of cinema and everything so it's like she would let me watch stuff on tv and then poltergeist 3 was unlike anything i had seen because that little girl all i remember is that she would disappear in puddles and she would disappear in mirrors and from a kid's mind it's so mind-blowing it's like so cool because like you know also i was kind of like a loner kid playing on my own so it's like what do you want to do hey i want to disappear in a mirror or like you know i want to like you know dive into a puddle and like disappear elsewhere so that kind of like really got me intrigued but my mom but then afterwards like i saw child's play and i was way too young to see child's play and i had tons of dolls so that kind of killed my love of horror films for a few years you know by like you know the time it took me to get over chucky's like trauma uh and now by the way i'm like total huge chucky fan i just had like a chucky like you know revival in the past watching the tv show not yet. I want to watch it. It's on. My, I, I'm. I'm waiting for the show to be done so I can binge it in one sitting. It's good. I've been like watch. I got Stack TV just so I could watch it, and I'm like, nice. Oh, yes, give me all of the Jennifer Tilly. Like, I know. Oh, she's such a goddess. She's, she's amazing. Such a goddess. Yeah. Like, let's put it out into the universe now that Jennifer Tilly. If you ever see this, please come on our show. We promise to be more focused and professional. And it's still tons of fun. It'll be fun, and we won't. We won't be weird. It'll be cool. I promise. Yeah. You can chill about it. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, long story short, because obviously I cannot ever be concise when I'm talking. And that's something <laughs> hopefully I will learn, you know, while doing this podcast. Um, books is actually, and I, I'm saying this because I know, I know, you know, we both like, you know, connect on that level. Yeah, love books. I was really like horror books was really my gateways, uh, my gateway. And in my case, like I know Goosebumps is a big popular one for everyone. Again, I'm a very weird kid. Mine was like the point horror. Um, mostly because I think in Quebec, point horror, and like, mind you, like I'm talking when I was like seven, eight years old, point mm-hmm. horror has got translated in French earlier than Goosebumps, you know? So for the longest time, these were the, the only ones I could find. And I still have some of them. 
you know? Oh my God, look at those title pages. They're so good. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. There's, okay, literally, I have a hundred of those. There's like, I think a hundred of them came out. I have all hundred of them in French. I tried to reread them like this year. And it's like, oh my God, the translation is so bad. It's garbage literature like now with like adult eyes. But anyways, it got me into horror. So so yeah, you could see like, see who, like, you know. Oh. oh my God, I love it so much. It's so cool, yeah. I had never heard of these books until you brought them up. And now I'm like, I can I can read French. Like, well, I can it's, yeah, and also, but no, no, but they're they're American. They're, they're, they're an American series. It's just like, I think because they were like running a little bit I don't know. I think they were running in parallel to Goosebump or like maybe a little bit older, but yeah. Maybe. I feel like Goosebumps was. Why is there no copyright in this book? Oh, Goosebumps was like, yeah, like early 90s. Like this is 1993. So I feel. Okay. Like Here, this one. 90, uh, 1990. So this okay, one. So yeah, they were pretty much in tandem with each other. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously, like later on in life, as a good geeky teenager, then it transitions. I love it. I definitely have like the the Sunnydale High yearbook somewhere. Oh, me too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah, as a teen, I was a huge Buffy fan. Still kind of am today. Um, also, those were the, some of the first books I read in English when my English got to be good enough. And then afterwards, it was like Edgar Allan Poe and trying to read Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like a child reading Stephen King books and being like, I kind of get this. But also, like, reading it as a child, I was like, wait, what are these guys doing? Why do they think if they all have sex that they will escape Pennywise? Yeah, it's, but but yeah, yeah, I, it's fine. All right. Yeah, funny enough, because it's bringing me to like, you know, what I'm currently reading is like, I'm currently re rereading Gerald's Game. Oh, a classic. Because I, I, I remembered that being a book I really loved as a teen. I think I was like 12 when I tried to read it. And now, obviously, I'm reading it now. I'm like, I never read that book before. Yeah, you know, like, I was like, I physically read it, but I did not read it. Because I think when you're 12, I realized the content of that book, the point went just like, just over the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, totally. I just remembered liking it back then. And I remember, I think I really liked the cover as well. Like, you know, um, you know, oh, especially strictly based on cover. Like, you did. Yeah. The, and especially, and I, that one, I read it in French, but like the French cover was like just the open uh, handcuff with like some blood dripping, you know, mm -hmm. from the bedpost. I was like, oh my God, it was like such an alluring, like, you know, cover. <laughs> I remember going to the library and seeing it and being all like, it was like nice and thick. And I'm all like, Ooh, this is gonna be my grown-up book. And like obviously, yeah, I was allowed, I was like, I was an unsupervised child. It's okay. Oh, you yeah. know, but I mean this is this is this is why I have the awesome wealth of random shit knowledge that I have today. We grew up in a time before, you know, smartphones and like my parents were very much like when street lights come on, you come home, but they didn't know where I was. They didn't know what I was doing. But exactly I the books that I grew up with were, yeah, obviously like goosebumps, but also like obsessively read Christopher Pike. And like, oh, I well, see, Christopher Pike is one of the author of the Point Horror series, and so is R.L. Stein. You know, so like all of these authors, yeah, it's all it's it's just a Point Horror. It's just like a big, huge collection of like all of these different authors. But a lot of them, they they're like known like you know YA and like kid <laughs> horror like authors. You know, so. Yeah. And then I also grew up in a house where like my older brother and my mom they all read Stephen King, so I've been reading like Stephen King books for like nice. ever and I love them and there was for such a long time where I was like okay guys 
there was this Stephen King, I think it was a miniseries, and it was in like this small town, and this dude showed up to town, and like he wanted to to like he needed to them to sacrifice someone. So they all decided, and like that would be me for my entire childhood. And people being like, "What? What did your parents let you watch?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, it's gonna, it's it worked." But I think like a he wore like a, a Letterman coat. Why can't I think of what this movie is called? It's yeah, Storm of the Century, I think. Yeah, something. Yeah. Them, I have vivid memories of like watching that as a child. That's and then amazing. As a child, I read this book here called House of Illusions by Ruby Jean Jensen. Nice. It was like one of those things where we'd be driving up north and they like, to go to the cottage and stuff. And we stopped off and there was like you know, that discount bin of books. That's like, if you go to small towns, like gas stations always had yeah. like weird discount bins of books. This is where I got that. And it had nice. a holographic cover and it was called House of Illusions. And I'm like, there's no way it's going to be a bad read. It is a, a book I should not have read at a young age, even though it features all these small children. But it's like, there's this traveling carnival and aliens come and everyone's very sexy and then they die. And it's like, oh no, that's that's not a book for kids. It's okay. Yeah. I think none of the shit that we watched or read was for kids, but we did it anyways. And look at how we turned out. We have a horror show. Exactly. Now we're talking about <laughs> all those things. And like, yeah, like definitely growing up, like Adam's family was like, I'm pretty sure the first introduction to like horror because I was like this is a family I relate with like I'm spooky like I would much rather watch this than watch any Disney movie because I could not relate to Disney princesses I did not get the appeal oh no like why do you know the first equivalent of a Disney princess was was like Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice you know yes. with the red dress and then Winona Ryder in Edward Scissorhands so for me Winona Ryder has always been a Disney princess growing up like you know I wanted to be Lydia that I wanted to be I forgot what her name was but I was so in love with Edward Scissorhands growing up like I know it's not horror but it's horror adjacent you know I, yeah it's the Tim Burton world which is always kind of you know spooky so I'm yeah. like I, I feel you on that but yeah that's like Winona Ryder she was like my queen growing up me too. But see, another horror thing that you could probably relate to uh, as a Canadian. Yes, as a Canadian. Uh, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, it was a wonderful show. I remember racing home from school to make sure not to miss it because it was playing at like 4.30 in the afternoon, you know? So. See, one episode that like fucked me up forever is, I can't think of what the title's called, but it's the one in the pool with that guy who was like, basically just all covered in blood and just coming out of the water yes that dude fucked me up forever and like recently we were in niagara falls and we were at like a restaurant and they were because it was around halloween weekend so they yeah. were just playing random tv shows and that popped up and i remember just being mid-bite and being like that's the episode that's the episode that ruined my childhood that's amazing I don't think I, I don't remember any episode main like ruining my childhood, but one of them stuck with me was like the theater where like they're playing the Nosferatu type film, yeah. and then a vampire like comes out of the screen and he's just like, like he's got the bunny ears, like not, not the bunny ears, the bunny fangs, you know, like yeah. Oh my god, yes, that. Also, did you ever watch Erie, Indiana? No, never. That was another like it was kind of more like the show Goosebumpsy where it was creepy, but it was like creepy for children. Mm-hmm. But it was along those same lines where it was like, here's a new scary story for you little yeah. kids this week. And like the one that always tripped me up was there was a whole episode based on like Tupperware and how, oh my God, really? how they stayed young forever was because they all slept in Tupperware. And I was like, 
And then that's how I got into MLMs. I was like, oh my God, if I sell Tupperware, I'll be young forever. That's amazing. I love this so, so much. And I was like, this show is gold. Everyone should be watching Erie, Indiana. Yeah, I, now I kind of want to watch it. See, you know what? I did try to rewatch around that time because I graduated then to the X Files, which was like pretty much one of the horror, like the only horror ish, you know, option back then, you know? Horror sci fi esque show. Yeah. I remember like, you know, some episodes being creepy, but like now I'm like rewatching them today. Like, I don't know if it's just because of like what we're used to now, but I'm all like, oh, there's some of them. I'm like, they're tedious to get through, you know? Yeah, so. you're like, this is real cheese fest yeah exactly oh my god yeah it was like x-files and outer limits oh yes i remember oh yeah i love that outer limit was so much good yeah oh, i want to like find out if that's streaming anywhere and rewatch that show because i feel like i rewatch like x-files a lot because at some point it was on netflix and at some point it was on prime and i was like okay we get it yeah. Give me the outer limits though i want to revisit that stuff yes that was so good yeah yeah and uh did you have a vampire phase <laughs> Oh yeah, we all had a like I had the yeah. fangs, and every now and then oh, yeah, I would go to school, but like not often because I was definitely gonna get made fun of. Yeah, no, I know, I know the same way. I I wanted I wanted to be a vampire. I was obsessed with Anne Rice and like all oh, the vampire God. books and stuff, like, which I I've also tried to reread, and it's it's funny we're realizing the kind of stuff you like as a teenager and how it does not age that well. Like you know, I'm yeah. Yeah. My whole thing was like, I really liked horror, but then I also kind of really liked like R&B music because I was a dancer. So yeah. they cast Aaliyah as Akasha and Queen of the Damned. I was like, this is the greatest thing they're ever going to do. You cannot yeah. top this. It will be the greatest movie ever made. Then you watch it and you're like, what a disappointment. Yeah. You're like, oh, so that's, that was a movie. Good, <laughs> good for Aaliyah. And then she, she died midway through filming. So then you watch and you're like, well, I feel like I can't say anything about this because she's I know. dead. I know. I know. I'm like straight up like, okay, I'm not going to turn my camera, but I have the poster framed because yeah. I'm like, fuck it. You know what? Screw everybody. I love it. Yeah. But see, it feels like, I'm like it's a rough watch. Yeah. I feel like vampire is a genre that like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, would mean a cool revival, you know? Yeah. Obviously... A recent series aside, you know, that I'm not going to mention to not spoil it for those who have not seen it yet, you know, but. Uh... I just feel like I need. I need like a vampire series that relies less on it being like sexy vampires and more being oh, like with tear some people apart and drink their blood. I know exactly because that's the, that's what vampires are. Yeah, I was really into the Dracula Netflix series that happened. Oh, was that good? I didn't see that. Yeah, it was good. And it's very well acted. I cannot think of the guy's name, but it's very well acted. And I think it's only it's long. Like they're like hour and a half long episodes, but there's three, I think. Okay. And they kind of touch on the fact that like Dracula may have been bisexual, and it's like, well, obviously, if he's gonna drink blood, is he only gonna find ladies to drink blood from? No, he's gonna anyone he's gonna drink blood from. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, then I might check it out, you know? There was one series with... Now, fuck, what's his name? I can't think. The hot Irish actor with big pouty lips who was in Velvet Goldmine. That guy. The hot Irish... Oh, Is it Jonathan Reismeyer? Butler? But then I'm like, mm, 
he no, was Jonathan Rice. My wait, okay, I'm gonna have to go. Oh, yeah, I don't have my fingers. Yeah, that's it. The guy who was also in the Tudors. Yeah, wait, what Dracula show was he on? Why well, he, he was Dracula in the Dracula show that just was shortly lived, I think. Oh, I don't know if I watched that, but I would watch yeah. that. I think I love him. I think he's so good. Yeah. Like, what is he doing now? I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in so long. I know. And he's such a, he's such a little cutie. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's not the same Dracula. Okay, so I will check I will check it out. I guess that might be my homework for whenever I'm done with all the giallos in the world, you know. Oh, you're never gonna be done with giallos. You're gonna be like I'm gonna be watching giallos till the day I die. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay. I will say though, the best vampire series mm-hmm. is what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. It's just it's hilarious. The movie was hilarious, and I watched it so many times, and they made it into a TV show, and it stars Matthew Barry, and I'm like, well, okay, you know what? I'm sold. You have my heart forever. Yeah. But you know, it's like, arguably, even if it's not, that I, I agree with you in terms of series, even if it's not purely horror, like, you know, what I feel is the best vampire movie is um, Only Lovers Left Alive. <gasps> I love Only Lovers Left Alive. Because, yeah, that's it. it feels to me like this is the movie that is the most, the closest, the closest thing to, like, reading a vampire novel. Yeah. You know? it's Because it's like, and I mean, when I say vampire novel, I mean, like, the classic, like, 90s vampire novel. Like, you know, the the philosophical and, like, you know, the emotional, like, pain of, like, being a vampire and, like, being doomed to live forever. Like, yeah, I know. It's that feeling. Yeah. And also just Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. Like, <laughs> I know, it's good. like you sell me on that alone and then you throw Anton Yelchin into the mix and I'm like yes. I know, and it's like, oh, but also like the soundtrack. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm totally gonna be the annoying one. I'm such a soundtrack gal, you know. It's like I got the soundtrack on vinyl. I'm like that way, you know. I love it. No, I put, I have the movie poster, it's not on my wall yet because I don't have space, but I'll probably end up switching out that dry that vampire one there. The mm-hmm. can you see it? Girls walk along the girl walk along the night, yeah. Which I'm like, got a rep, yeah. But no, I love that one. I also like, I think my only beef with those kind of movies is the idea that, and a lot of Dracula films, if they go back into the history of that person playing Dracula, it's always like, oh, yeah, I'm Dracula, and I, you know, I drank champagne at Versailles and I partied with Mozart, and it's like, did you, did you, no, no. were you there when uh, all this stuff went down? Fuck no. Like, yeah. I want like I want a lame Dracula who was like, no, I've been living for four hundred years in poverty and yeah, it's- in the sewers, in the sewers, eating on rats. Yep. Like I don't have any. All my friends are dead. All my family is dead. It sucks. I'm not rich. I don't get to party with all these cool people throughout history. I know exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So what's a, what would you say your favorite movie is? Because, like, you know, we've been gushing and talking about vampires. Like, do you have any favorite horror subgenre? I figure I'm also seeing the counter. I don't want to bore our audience with, like, some random gush fest. But, hey, if you want us to do a whole entire episode talking about vampire and vampire movies. and We could find a vampire guest to bring in. I'm oh, yeah. Sure. Just, just sure comment below and let us know if that's what you want us to talk about, you know. But, yeah, just I have the feeling I, I kind of like at this point in time, I don't want to be known as a vampire girl because that's like that was like 15 year old me. Yeah. Not, not me anymore. They can be the vampires, but they can leave that in the past. Yeah, um, exactly. 
I think I was thinking about this too because like obviously horror has a shit ton of sub genres like all of them all of them and I think like I had to narrow it down to my top three and I'm probably gonna end up going back on this and being like no no, no I changed my mind to these three now it's but okay I-, I changed my top 10 of all movies like every month like so every it's okay. month I see something new and I'm like that's my new favorite movie yeah um but haunted house movies like old creaky because I always want to live in one Mm-hmm. And I live in a haunted house, but let's be real, we all want to live in the practical magic house. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I love a good possession movie, whether it's mm. like a toy being possessed or a person being possessed or a house being possessed. I love the idea of someone like not having control. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good psychological thriller, like something that you're going to watch and at the end of it be like, wait, what? What the fuck just happened? Nice. I love this. I'm a huge fan of psychological thrillers too. Yeah. Heck yeah. What are your like favorite subgenres? Uh I guess well, I mean, obviously giallos currently, because I mean I think if I was not into them, I'd just like stop watching them. But I think I, I think though that my giallo obsession is more purely aesthetic, you know, because I mean I love movie from that era. Like I love the giallo aesthetic and I love things with like, you know, sex and gore. You know, as as weird as it sounds, but it's like I just I love I love those like swinging sixties like sex parties. I mean, like you know, it's like I know this wasn't representative representative of those times, you know. But it's like part of me is just like I've been watching so many giallos. It's like fuck, I want to go back to the sixties. Everybody had sex parties on Sundays, you know. It's like. Oh, yeah. I- why aren't we bringing back this Sunday sex party? I know. It's like, I love the fashion and everything. To me, oh, like, purely cool. aesthetically, like, fashion of, like, the, the fashion of giallos, the look of giallo, this, like, you know, the, the sexuality that's, mm-hmm. like, just, like, these, like, exotic clubs where you have, like, random women, like, just, like, dancing and doing these little shows. And, like, nobody, it's not even, there's zero skills at play, but, like, everybody's just there watching. I'm like, this is wonderful. But, yeah, I love giallos, but... um that's most mostly a side effect. My favorite subgenre, and I know it's not this. I I really love slashers. You know, I love a really good slasher. I'm one of those. That that is my favorite. Sorry, it's like a camera. My favorite horror film, like the original, the original Canadian, like you know, slasher, the OG man. You know, it's so yeah. good. Like you know, I mean, I love a good slasher. Um, I really love body horror as well. Like you know, um. Cause I mean I don't know I like it I like I like disturbing shit I like things that make me like go Ugh. like you know and like yeah, apparently like, body horror is the only thing that kind of make me go like Ugh, sometimes like some solid like Cronenberg body horror I'm like so here for I'm like I know let's see like I know somebody's armpit like I know I just realized I'm painfully Canadian in my taste because I think like body horror is such a Canadian thing too so I'm like oh like, favorite I, horror movie Canadian horror slasher I on body horror. I know exactly. Yeah, but it's okay. I, I'm I'm like I'm okay in it right now with with the fact that generally in life I'm painfully Canadian, but it's okay. I I, I assume this part of my personality. Exactly. So yeah, so I'll say slasher, body horror, and psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like psychological thriller when there's an occult element to it as well. Oh, I know it's like super super niche, but like I get it too because like I'm fascinated by cults even not in like the horror world but like just cults in general because also and this is like full disclosure i feel like if someone from a cult were to talk to me i'd be like fuck yeah i'll join your cult 
like almost instantly I'd be like, that sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. But then they'd probably kick me out when they're like, okay, but you have to give us money. I'd be like, oh, LOL. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Psychology. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Tell us who you would like to see on the show, uh, who would like to see come to our slumber parties, uh, what you'd like us to talk, like, you know, any questions you would like us to answer? Because I think eventually it'd be fun to do some fan rounds, you know, of like answering questions of like, you know, uh, what people like, you know, that people would want us to answer. So tweet at us. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. You should find us easily with Let's Scream. Uh, but I have a feeling we're a bit more active on Twitter for that. So, yeah. Bye. <laughs>